0: Book One, Chapters Sixteen through Twenty of The Consoling Thoughts of Saint Francis de Sales by Jean Joseph Huguet. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book One Consoling Thoughts on God, Providence, the Saints. Chapter Sixteen Conformity to the Will of God look not to the matter of your actions which may be contemptible in itself but to the honour they possess in being willed by god ordered in his providence arranged in his wisdom purity of heart consists in valuing all things according to the weights of the sanctuary which are nothing else than the will of god do not love then anything too ardently not even virtue which we sometimes lose by wishing for it beyond the bounds of moderation our center is the will of god god wishes that i should do this action now god desires this matter of me what more is necessary while i do this i am not obliged to do anything else o god may thy will be done not only in the execution of thy commandments counsels and inspirations which we ought to obey but also in suffering the afflictions which befall us may thy will be done in us and by us in everything that pleases thee the truly loving heart loves the divine good pleasure not only in consolations but in afflictions it even loves pains crosses, and labors more, because the chief mark of love is that it makes the lover suffer for the beloved. And why should we not endure the same hand of the Lord when it dispenses afflictions as when it distributes consolations? Oh, how good a thing it is to live only in God, to labor only in God, to rejoice only in God. Oh, if the holy will of God reigned in us, how happy should we be. We should never commit any sin, or live according to our irregular inclinations, for that holy will is the rule of all excellence and sanctity. It is self-love, says St. Bernard, that burns eternally in hell, for it ruins and destroys whatever it touches. If found in heaven, it is cast out, for the angels were banished only because of self-will because they wished to become like god and on that account were precipitated into hell if found on earth it robs man of grace and subjects him to death as to our first parents in the terrestrial paradise in a word it brings misfortune alone and therefore when we discover anything within us not conform to the will of god we should prostrate ourselves before him and say to him that we detest and disown our own will and that everything in us that could displease him or that is contrary to his holy love promising him never to wish for anything but what will be conformable to his divine good pleasure let us open the arms of our will Embrace lovingly the cross and acquiesce in the most holy will of God, singing to him this hymn of resignation and conformity, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Chapter 17 Practice of Conformity to the Will of God Cast your eyes over the general will of God, by which he wills all the works of his mercy and justice that are in heaven on earth and under the earth and with a profound humility approve praise and love this holy just amiable and supreme will cast your eyes next over the special will of god by which he loves his friends and bestows on them various gifts of consolation and tribulation dwell some time on this thought considering the diversity of consolations but particularly the tribulations which the good endure then with a great humility approve praise and love this will consider this will in regard to yourself in everything good or ill that happens or can happen to you except sin then approve praise and love it protesting that you wish ever to honor cherish and adore this sovereign will committing to it your person and all that belongs to you finally conclude with great confidence in this holy will that it will do everything necessary for your good and happiness oh what a consolation for us if we were accustomed to receive all things from the paternal hand of him who in opening it fills every living creature with his blessing. What unction would sweeten our pains? What honey and oil should we draw from the hardest rocks? What moderation should accompany us in prosperity, since God would only send us adversity to draw from it his own glory and our salvation? Let us think well on this truth, and regard only God in all events, and all events only in God. We must know that the abandonment of our will means properly the surrender of it to God, for it will avail us nothing to renounce ourselves unless we become united to the divine goodness. But we sometimes see persons who, coming to the service of God, say, lord i commend my spirit into thy hands but on condition that thou wilt always give me consolations without anything to contradict my will and wilt give me superiors in all respects according to my liking alas what are you doing do you not see that this is not to resign your will into the hands of god as our lord did do you not know that this is only one of those reserves from which all our troubles disquietudes and other imperfections usually arise for as soon as things happen not according to our expectations and anticipations a sudden desolation seizes on our poor souls why is this unless because we are not resigned with indifference into the hands of god oh how happy should we be if we faithfully practiced this virtue undoubtedly we should arrive at the highest perfection of a saint catherine of siena of a saint francis of a saint angela of foligno and of many others consider that the eternal son of god came himself to teach us this submission and reverence due to the supreme will not only by informing us in words that he had not come to do his own will but that of his father but still more by the example of his resignation my father if it be possible let this chalice pass away from me yet not my will but thine be done and our divine master taught us to ask every day that the will of god should be done on earth as it is in heaven and in fine he concluded the course of his mortal life by the surrender of himself to the will and disposal of his eternal father my father into thy hands i commend my spirit act then thus and say with our lord on all occasions my god i commend my spirit absolutely and unreservedly into thy hands dost thou wish me to be an aridity or in consolation to be contradicted to meet with difficulties and repugnances to be loved or not loved in all events i commend my spirit into thy hands let those therefore who are employed in the exercises of an active life not desire to exchange them for those of a contemplative and let those who contemplate not quit their contemplation until god commands it let us be silent when necessary and speak when necessary if we act in this manner we shall be able to say at the hour of death in imitation of our divine saviour it is consummated my god all is consummated i have accomplished thy divine will in the various occurrences that happen to me by thy providence What remains for me now to do but to commend my spirit into thy hands at the decline of my life as I gave it to thee at the beginning of it and during its course? O my God, conduct me by thy will. Grant me to pass through cold, heat, light, darkness, labor, repose. Though thou shouldst lead me to the gates of death, I shall fear nothing in thy company. O Heavenly Father, may thy will be done on earth, where consolations are rare and labors innumerable. And thou, O my soul, take it as thy daily practice to say, when anything painful befalls thee, not my will, but that of my God, be done. Chapter 18 god is our father to bless and thank god for all the appointments of his providence is indeed a holy occupation but if while abandoning ourselves to god that he may do whatever he wishes with us without attending on our part to what happens though we are not expected to be quite devoid of feeling we could divert our minds to the divine goodness praising it not in the effects which it ordains but in itself and in its own excellence then without doubt we should perform an exercise much more holy let us employ a parable since this method was most agreeable to the sovereign master of that love which we teach the daughter of an excellent surgeon and physician suffered from a long continued fever and knowing that her father loved her exceedingly She said one day to a friend of hers, I feel much pain, but still I never think of remedies, for I know not what would cure me. I might desire one thing, and another thing might be necessary for me. Do I not gain more by leaving this care to my father, who knows, wishes, and is able to procure everything conducive to my health? It would be painful for me to think, but he thinks sufficiently for me it would be painful for me to wish for anything but he wishes for everything serviceable to me i have only to await what he judges expedient and when he is near employ myself only in testifying to him my filial love and perfect confidence and after these words she slept while her father judging it proper that she should be bled arranged what was requisite, and coming to her as soon as she awoke, after having inquired how the sleep had benefited her, asked if she would not like to be bled in order to be cured. My father, she answered, I am yours. I do not know what I ought to wish for, to cure me. It is for you to wish and to do for me whatever appears to you good. As for me, it is enough for me to honor and to love you with all my heart, as I always do. Her arm was then bandaged, and her father held the lance over the vein, but neither while he pierced the flesh nor while the blood sprang forth did this amiable daughter cast her eyes once on the wounded arm or the gushing blood, but with looks fixed on her father's countenance she only said now and again, softly and sweetly, My father loves me well and i am all his and when everything was over she did not thank him but only repeated once more the selfsame words of her affection and filial confidence tell me now did not this young girl testify a more tender and sincere love towards her father than if she had employed a great deal of time in inquiries about the remedies for her disease in gazing on the scarlet stream OR IN UTTERING WORDS OF GRATITUDE, NO DOUBT WHATEVER ABOUT IT. FOR BY THINKING OF HERSELF, WHAT WOULD SHE HAVE GAINED UNLESS ANXIETY, SINCE HER FATHER THOUGHT SUFFICIENTLY FOR HER? BY LOOKING ON HER ARM, WHAT WOULD HAVE RESULTED UNLESS PERHAPS TO GET A FRIGHT? AND BY THANKING HER FATHER, WHAT VIRTUE WOULD SHE HAVE PRACTICED BUT GRATITUDE? Did she not then act better by confining her attention to some demonstrations of filial love, infinitely more agreeable to a father than any other virtue? My eyes are always on the Lord, for he will free my feet from pits and snares. Have you fallen into the snares of trials? Regard not your misfortune, look only to God, he will have care of you cast thy solicitude on him and he will provide for thee why trouble yourself by sighing or pining about the accidents of this world since you know not what you ought to wish for and god will always wish what is best for you await then in repose of spirit the effects of the divine good pleasure and let it suffice for you since it is always good So our Lord ordered St. Catherine of Siena, saying, Think of me, and I will think of thee. Look then a hundred times a day on the loving will of God, and placing our will in the divine will, let us exclaim devoutly, O infinitely sweet goodness! How amiable is thy will! How desirable are thy favors! Thou hast created for us eternal life, and thy maternal breast enlarged with the sacred paps of incomparable love abounds in the milk of mercy whether to forgive the penitent or to perfect the just why then should we not cast our wills into thine as little children nestle in the bosom of their mother to drink in the milk of thy eternal benedictions chapter nineteen we should serve god our father for love the son serves as a son and not as a slave through fear of punishment nor as a mercenary through hope of recompense but only in order to please his father and give evidence of that love which is so deeply imprinted in the filial heart whence it comes that when the soul has conceived a fear of losing paradise it passes further and exclaims though there were no paradise god is my father he has created me preserves me nourishes me gives me everything and therefore i wish to love honor and serve him perfectly o gift of piety rich present which god bestows on the heart blessed is he who has the dispositions of a filial heart towards the paternal heart of our heavenly father these are the dispositions he would have us learn from the lord's prayer desiring us to address him as our father who art in heaven a name of respect of love and of fear to show you that this gift of piety that is to say a filial fear is given us by the holy ghost the apostle paul writing to the Romans, says, We have not received the spirit of fear and bondage, but the spirit of adoption of children of God, whereby we call him Father, as if he should say, We have become like little children near our Lord. Little children live in great confidence. They never think that their father either wishes to beat them or is preparing an inheritance for them but only thinks of loving him because they are carried in his arms and are cherished and provided for in every way by the care of their good father thus ought we to act towards god honouring him as our most amiable father serving him with love without apprehending chastisement or claiming remuneration allowing ourselves to be carried in the arms of his holy providence, whithersoever he pleases. Chapter 20 How Jealous God Is of Our Heart. This jealousy is not a jealousy of covetousness, but a jealousy of the highest friendship. For it is not his interest that we love him, it is our own. Our love is useless to him but profitable to us and if agreeable to him is only so because profitable to us for being the sovereign good he is pleased to communicate himself through love without the possibility of receiving any good in return Hence he cries out complaining of sinners in a kind of jealousy they have left me the fountain of living water and have dug to themselves cisterns broken cisterns that can hold no water see i beg of you how delicately our divine spouse expresses the nobility and generosity of his jealousy they have left me he says the fountain of living water as if he would say i do not complain of their leaving me on account of any injury that i can sustain thereby for what injury can a fountain sustain if no one draws water from it DOES IT CEASE TO FLOW OVER THE LAND BECAUSE abandoned? BUT I REGRET THEIR MISFORTUNE, FOR HAVING LEFT ME, THEY ARE PLEASED WITH WELLS WITHOUT ANY WATER, AND IF BY ANY POSSIBILITY THEY COULD FIND ANOTHER FOUNTAIN OF LIVING WATER, I MIGHT EASILY ENDURE THEIR DEPARTURE FROM ME, SINCE I HAVE NO OTHER WISH FOR THEIR LOVE THAN THE DESIRE OF THEIR HAPPINESS. It is therefore for our own sakes he wishes we should love him, because we cannot cease to love him without entering on the path of our destruction, and because whatever affections we deprive him of, we only waste. End of Book 1 Chapter 20